0: Hello, 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 hello. It's been a minute. This is the Divinely Preserved Healer back with episode six. It's been several months, y'all, since I talked to you. How you doing? How you doing? Um, This episode, I don't even know what I'm going to call it because last time i was here was back in the end of july when i was talking about how they were counting COVID cases and the death numbers and those counts and how that was off and how the definitions were off and, and face masks and at that time the, the mask mandates were rolling out and i just got yeah, I, I literally got to the point where i'm like i am so sick of this i'm, I'm sick of even talking about it but i must And here I am, I'm back because this is a part of my calling. I cannot continue to not say anything. If there's anyone, anyone under the sound of my voice who needs to hear this, then here I sit to share what I what has been spiritually discerned and given to me, and then what I've also researched. Welcome everyone. Let's get straight down to it. As we speak, there are two pharmaceutical companies that have been approved by the FDA for their COVID-19 vaccine. That is Pfizer and Moderna. Okay, so both of them, the type of vaccine that they are um, that they have developed is called a the 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 uh, more scientific name for it would be like a lipid nanoparticle, and basically, it's an m lowercase m, capital R, capital N, capital A, mRNA type of vaccine. Now that's most I'm gonna share is for a scientific names. So I'm gonna try not to use too many big words and too many other phrases because what happens is our eyes glaze over and our brain shut down and say, "I don't want to hear that. That's above, you know, above my pay grade, as They say, but you really need to understand it, so I'm gonna try to break it down and keep it simple. Now they are telling you pretty much these type of vaccines are designed to protect against infectious diseases. And that they are basically a, a way to tr- send a trigger, a genetic trigger, to rewire how your immune system responds. That's pretty much what all vaccines do. But the significance of the COVID-19 vaccine is what exactly is this vaccine triggering? First of all, you have to believe in COVID-19 as some bacteria as some infectious disease that is contagious just from sitting in a room with someone, just from breathing the same air, you know, just from eating behind someone. I I it's hard to explain this because you're fighting against mindsets and and lies and and myths that has been perpetrated for a very very long time. I just released a uh, blog post on yesterday on the divinelypreservedhilo.com website where I said, if you're scared of COVID, here is a reading list. Because if they do uh, another round of, of shelters in place, uh, quarantines, you know, whatever phrase they're using, if it comes to that. As we come to the end of 2020 and into 21, you might as well use your time wisely. So I have some books that are listed on there that you might want to read so you can get a better understanding. One of them is called, it's called, What Really Makes You Ill? I'm sorry, What Really Makes You Ill? by Everything you, thought you Knew About Disease is Wrong. It's by Don Lester and David Parker. And, um, if you go on that blog post, you can read, this is a 700 page book. Um, and I know people don't like to, to read. They want the cliff notes version, but with the things that are going on in this earth plane right now, there is no shortcuts. Okay. And this vaccine is a type of shortcut. So I have to say this, it go again, it goes back to what you believe. If you believe what the government officials and what the health officials are telling you. Um, About this then that's going to contradict what a lot of medical doctors are coming out and saying as well Because early on all they said was oh, this is just a severe cold. It may be a form of the flu It's nothing to worry about and now it has turned into a whole Life I'm gonna use this phrase because this is what spirit gave me about a lot of the events that the government is perpetrating if this is a full Full live on this, a live simulation. Okay, it is a live simulation. A simulation is a and I quote a false show or a false profession, it is traced back to the 13th, 14th century. It is something that is done under pretense P R E T E N S E. Okay, and it is used as a form of invitation or as a false show. It's other, in other words, it is a way of someone playing in your face. Okay, stay with me because I don't want you to miss this. We're going to go to a medical dictionary, it is the Healthcare Simulation Dictionary, second edition. It is published by. The Society for Simulation in Healthcare. I want you to listen to some of these definitions I'm going to uh, share with you. Don't miss it. Don't miss this now. All right. A healthcare simulation. The ophthalmology for this word means a model or a mock-up for purposes of experiment or training and it originates from 1954. The definition that is here. Says that it is a technique that creates a situation or environment to allow persons to experience a representation of a real healthcare event for the purpose of practice, learning, evaluation, testing, or to gain understanding of systems or, or, or of human action. That is the actual definition, straight from and it credits who came up with that definition, and that is the Society for Simulation in Healthcare. So how do you think these med students uh, are able to learn how to work on actual patients? They actually, uh, in healthcare, actually have, because I remember the medical school right in the town where I live, I remember going to an event that they had, and they had a program where they were asking uh, people in the audience to consider being what's called a simulated patient. So what is a simulated patient? I don't want you to miss this now. A simulated patient or what's also referred to as a standard patient. And here's a couple of different definitions. Here's one. It is a person who has been carefully coached to simulate an actual patient so accurately that the simulation cannot be detected by a skilled clinician. Okay. And performing the simulation, the skilled patient presents, they're so well uh, simulated that they got it down to their history. They got it down to, you know, understanding the history of the sickness that they're supposed to be portraying. They got it all the way down to their body language. They even the evidence points to, yes, this person has this particular element. Their emotions, their personality state, they got everything down to a T. Here's another definition. it is an individual who is trained to portray a real patient in order to simulate a set of symptoms or problems used for healthcare education, evaluation and research. That particular definition once again is credited by Society for Simulation in Healthcare. It also has under the definition the, the last bullet point says this and I want you to hear this. This is a term that is most commonly used in the USA and in Canada, in large part because these uh, patients, these standardized patients, or a standardized participant, or a stabilized or simulated person, participate in high stakes assessment in which the person or standard uh, participant or standard environment they have to respond to the learner with us in a standardized way. I'm going to say that again, the stakes are high because if the person is able to pull off the simulation, then the person who's actually being, quote unquote, tested, being put in that situation has to respond in a standardized method. So if this person is showing these particular emotional, physical, whatever have you symptoms, this is how you're supposed to respond, okay? Okay. Now, some of you may say, nope, nope, you're still making it up. That's still not right. Listen to this, because simulations are very common in the military. So listen to this. This is another definition that I found not only on the web, but it's right here in this healthcare dictionary on simulations. It is called a LVC simulation. L stands for live, V stands for virtual, and C stands for constructed. All right? So, listen to me carefully. The optimal, I'm going to give you the actual definition because it breaks down each one of these as a separate individual. So, it gives you the broad understanding of what it means. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to give you all the uh, all the evidence, but I'm going to be able to point you in the right direction. So, when it comes to a live simulation, a, this is the definition they have. A live simulation involves real people. Operating real systems. This is what the spirit showed me about or God's source, whatever term you want to use. That is what it showed me about a lot of the events that the government, these false narratives that they push. COVID-19, among other events that I won't say because I don't want to start an uproar because people want to fight about that and, and lose track of what we're fighting right now. COVID-19 is a live simulation, okay? And it involves real people who are operating real systems, all right? Now, the V is for virtual. Virtual simulation is where a real person operates a simulated system. How does this relate to COVID-19? I'm glad you asked. In October of 2019, it was live. It was recorded on national TV. Event 201. Where these people are sitting, and it was sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're sitting in a room and they are acting out this simulation where they are—they're talking it through. They're sitting at this, this round table, where it's not really a square, but you know, a round table discussion, where they are going from beginning to end for a pandemic that is supposed to hit. The world hit the earth, whatever, how you want to say it. They are playing it was a virtual simulation of a pandemic that was in October of 2019. Go look up Event 201. Okay, so there's your virtual aspect of it, the constructed version of it. It is a simulation that does not involve real people or real system, but instead consists of computer programs that create and environment. Here you go. How does this relate to COVID-19? They told, like I said before, the doctors originally were saying, hey, this is just a, um, this is a flu. This is a common flu, a severe, a severe cold, however you want to look at it. There's not, you know, what you worry about. Now it has evolved into a model that the government is not going to come out. And this is a model that the whole world, who, and some of these other people, I don't know the man's name, who constructed this model, who basically said people was going to be dropping dead in the street, and that there were so many millions of people that was going to be dead in a short period of time. So that was a constructed simulation because they actually used a computer program to create this model that's supposed to estimate what is supposed to happen. Go back and listen to my previous podcast where I'm telling you how they count those numbers as far as the live cases, the total cases, the all that other mess. And now what they're doing with the case numbers is a lot of people are having to be tested to even go back to work. So that's elevating the numbers, too. We've had a lot of celebrities that have come out, including like Elon Musk, as well as Erica Badu, who have been tested using the same person, the same instrument within the same time frame, like a matter of hours, and got multiple test results. Some false positive, some false negative. It's the same person, same tester, same test, and you're still getting conflicting information. That's because this is a live, virtual, and constructed simulation. This is not the first time the government has done this. In 1976, they had a quote-unquote outbreak of swine flu. They... In turn, and I haven't found all the details on this, but I only share stuff. If I haven't found it yet, I share it because it's, 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 it's ingrained in my body and I can feel it in my soul and I know when something is right. And I always, the, the information always falls in my head. I don't even have to go look for it. I just go by what I, I feel from spirit and it always comes back to me. But so, I have found some information that I'm going to share with you in just a second. But in 1976, they had a swine flu, uh, a variant of um, this virus, swine flu, at a military base here in the United States. They immediately rushed and said it was going to be a pandemic. They put out a vaccine in a matter of six months. Um, They made it mandatory. You don't believe me? Go look up swine flu uh, 1976 debacle. Go look it up. Even the CDC and some of these other federal government agencies got it right on their website. There was a slew of 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 lawsuits because people had so many medical issues. Now they're going to downplay it when you get on those government websites and they talk about it. It's like, "Oh, you know, it was only 1%. It was only, you know, you know, it's they're going to downplay it." Okay? But there is actual a percentage of people who have to a test positive for them to keep this whole narrative going they need a certain number of people to be and this is worldwide. They need and why is it worldwide? Mm, let's talk about that too. Something else you need to go look up is the 2030 agenda. It was adopted in 2015. Make sure you also pay attention to who the president was in 2015. Uh-huh. Barack Obama. So for all y'all that were so excited to uh, be voting Joe Biden in, things that happened during Barack Obama administration, you have now sealed the deal to help that continue on. Listen up. In 2015, all of the nations, which are referred to as state members of the United Nations, voted and adopted what's called the 2030 Agenda. 2030 symbolizes the year. It means that in the next 15 years, from the time they started this, they pick 17 areas. They call them goals. Where they are trying to create, and this is in black and white. This is very out in the open. All you got to do is go look it up. They have 17 areas, and healthcare is one of them. And they're trying to create a one-size-fits-all approach for every last one of those categories. And healthcare is on there. Vaccines. Are a part of that goal under healthcare. Go look it up. Go look it up. Also, pay attention to funding. Pay attention to funding. The significance when it comes to funding, because I shared this under another um, in another podcast, is that as long as this. Simulation continues to run It is running under what's called A public health emergency declaration And I said this before But I'm going to share it again Every 90 days Your local Mayor Your governor um, The uh, federal government Has to continually keep Renewing this declaration Because technically A public health declaration is only supposed to last I think it's about 90 days yep but it can be extended so what's happening is they're continuing to extend this and you need to go look up public health emergency declaration which is available at the public health emergency website which is uh www.phe.gov and it'll tell you this is what transpires when there's a public health emergency funding is one of those things where funding changes The way funds are spent and handed out changes drastically when there's an emergency. Just like these vaccinations, the reason they can push them out so fast is because of the fact that it's an emergency. It's called an emergency use authorization. If you don't understand these terms you just think oh well the government is really really looking out for us and oh they're just making sure that we get everything that we need no the government is using you as a simulated patient and you don't know it and you're willing going through with it so let's say for those who decide they want to get the vaccine let's say you get sick because this goes back to the swine flu of 1976 when they pushed out a rampant vaccine in less than six months and people got sick and they started suing pharmaceutical companies to the point that the companies almost went out of business. So they began to threaten the government saying we need immunity because we don't want people suing us because they got sick. You know, in other words, if you're going to be dumb enough to take the vaccine, then that's your problem. That don't fall back on me. So, guess what? Your president, just in this case, was President Ronald Reagan, signed, let me find it so I can share it with you, and this is readily available on congress.gov website, it's called HR 5546 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. I'm going to share some portions of it with you. Because only one section in here actually talks about children. The rest of this is really focused on vaccines. So, the subtitle one is called the National Vaccine Program. And basically, it establishes a national vaccine program underneath the Department of Health and Human Services. And what it does is, number one, direct vaccine research and development within the federal government. Number two, it ensures the production and the procurement of safe and effective vaccines. Number three, direct the distribution and use of vaccines. And number four, coordinate governmental and non-governmental agencies in the distribution of vaccines. This is still on the books. This is a law that was signed by President Ronald Reagan. Here's some more of that. sub Title Two. I want to read that because it has parts A, B, and C. I think part C is the only reference in this whole act that actually deals with children. But parts A and B, so let's say you go get the COVID uh, vaccine. Let's say it causes some type of injury to your body, something that the doctors can't fix. I'm not even going to even go into why, but Let's say because of your bio-individuality, because as long as we are, are in a physical body, none of us are going to be able to have, none of us are going to be the same. Spiritually speaking, from a soul perspective, we are all from the same source, from God. But physically, once you come to planet Earth and your soul gets attached to a body, that body could be connected to any genetic orders from your family lineage. It could be environmental issues that you picked up. It could be anything. But it's bio-individual. It means every body, every individual is different. We cannot assume this is why doctors need you to display a certain level of symptoms and, and other characteristics for them to be able to give you even certain medicine okay and i'm not even gonna go into it if you want to know about whether or not medicine is even good for you let alone vaccines I, i again i'm gonna point you back to that book that i recommended earlier called what really makes you ill by don lewis and david parker because what's happened is you get the vaccine, you get the vaccine, and let's say now there are some people who are not going to have any reaction. Your body is of the nature that it can it can repair itself. But you also, and I mentioned this before, some of these people the, the first vaccine you're going to have to get that vaccine twice, and you're also going to have to go back and get it every year. What they're probably going to do is wind up rolling that into the flu shot. So if you somebody that get the flu shot because you believe the government is true on that as well. Just like coronavirus, the flu, quote-unquote, has multiple strains. So every year, the government puts out the flu shot for the strain that they say is going to be the most popular. How do they know that? Because usually it's not the most popular. And the way the flu shot works in your body is it's just like this mRNA vaccine. Basically, it goes in and it's trying to tell your immune system, hey, look, if you see this right here, I want you to um, block it. But remember, there are different variations of the flu shot. There's very different variations of the coronavirus. Do you know what variation this vaccine is going to cover? Because aren't they in the news already telling you there's a new mutation of it? Then that doesn't that mean these uh two uh vaccines that are out now are worthless? Or do you still need to get them? Uh can you not can you stop wearing your mask? When you get that vaccine, I think of Anthony Fauci, uh, Fauci, didn't doctor the the head of NIAID, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Anthony Fauci, didn't he tell you, nope, you still got to wear your mask? Early in the summer, they were already rolling out what they call um, passports, immunity passports. Now that information is hitting the United States where they're saying, hey, look, You won't be able to travel unless you get this vaccine. From border to border, which means you can't leave the United States border unless you go get this vaccine. So let's say you get it. And you got to remember, with all these different companies coming out with all these different vaccines, they're all going to have a different effect on people's body. Has it ever occurred to you how how interesting it is because this is a public health declaration to keep this COVID-19 going? Have you not stopped to think, why did they make um, COVID testing free? They worked out a deal with the insurance company, just like they worked out a deal with the pharmaceutical companies when you go get these vaccines. You ain't got to pay nothing. How convenient. How convenient. The government wants to make sure everybody gets vaccinated, and they're going to do it on their dime, or are they? Because if you go get this vaccine and you have some kind of issue where you get so sick you can't go to work, government going to be like, "Uh, okay, what's your point? Sorry to hear that, Ann. They probably not even say that. Let's go back to this um, act, this National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, which introduced the National Vaccine Program. Let's go to sub- Title 2, which is called National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. So let me read to you what it says, because it's this this subtitle 2 focuses on the compensation. Because I, by now, I'm sure you, I hope you've heard, at least heard, that you cannot sue these pharmaceutical companies over these vaccines. Well, here is the documented proof of that. Pretty much, if you are injured from a vaccine... The first thing you're supposed to do, let's say you want to jump up and you want to file a lawsuit, you can't. What they're gonna do is, when you pay your t- okay, let's say it this way, taxes. The federal government pretty much, when they take a portion of your taxes, they pretty much with that tax refund is giving you your own money back. Okay, in a sense, they're giving you your own money back. They they taking from your quote unquote paycheck and they're. Set quote-unquote setting this money aside and then they're going to give you a portion of your money back in the form of a tax refund all right some of that money is also being gone to this particular trust fund the trust fund so let me read it to you part a says it establishes the national vaccine injury compensation program which is an alternative remedy to do judicial action for specified vaccine-related injuries. I'm going to read that again. This act from 1986. This is subtitle 2. This is part A, Establishes the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program as an alternative remedy to judicial action for Specified vaccine-related injuries. This is how petitions for compensation for injuries will be handled. Okay? Basically, you can probably get... Let me see. Let me jump ahead because it says... um, You are limited. It limits the award, award for actual and projected pain and suffering... And emotional distress to $250,000. It prohibits any rewards that deal with punitive damages. Now, here's the other catch-22 in the midst of this. Because you decide you want to sue the government, You, you can try they're going to go dip into this trust fund, which is basically taxpayer money that they turn around and paying you back out of and giving you this reward. But here is the other fine print you're not paying attention to. Because because you didn't take this money from this trust fund, you cannot, in turn, try to sue the pharmaceutical company. So this trust fund is kind of like a cover, okay? Because in part two, it says that it sets forth procedures under which the person who filed a petition for compensation under the program may try to elect to file a civil action for damages, okay? Now, here's the next paragraph that I need you to listen to. It provides that no vaccine manufacturer should be liable in a civil action for damages arising from a vaccine-related injury or death. And it gives two o- some options. One resulting from unavoidable side effects, or two, solely due to the manufacturer's failure to provide direct warnings. However, it says the manufacturer may be held liable if, under these options, one, the manufacturer engaged in defraudulent or intentional withholding of information. That's happening now, but you got to be able to prove it. And two, such manufacturer failed to exercise due care. Coming out with a vaccine in uh, less than eight months, I guess. I guess you know, and they rush you through a clinical trial, all the three phases. I guess that is showing exercising due care when normally a vaccine takes up of twenty years. I think maybe the the shortest it could go is between four to seven years to create a vaccine. But, hey, you know, what do I know? So, again, even if you decide to sue because the manufacturer engaged in fraudulent or or intentional withholding of information or because the manufacturer failed to exercise due care, you still cannot sue for punitive damages in civil court. Can't do it. Then you get to the section where it actually begins to talk about the childhood um, vaccines and what to do for children. Listen to this. Part D allows any person to commence a civil action against the secretary where the secretary allegedly has failed to perform a duty under this act. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the secretary is referring to, um, because they also established some different program uh, committees and stuff. Like they have the National Vaccine Advisory Committee that came out as a result of this. And their job is to ensure the availability of adequate supply of vaccines and to make sure research is held at the highest priority for this. It allows the secretary to provide licensing for unpatented vaccines for naturally occurring human infectious diseases under certain circumstances. In other words, they created the outlet to be able to do what they want to do, period. Directs the secretary to study the risk to children. But remember, they said with COVID-19, it doesn't affect children. It only affects adults. You know, so uh, a kid, once they turn eight years old, like, On on their birthday, some kind of way, something in their body just clicks, and they're considered contagious. I just want to point that out. So y'all, okay, but anyway. um, Grants the secretary recall authority with respect. How you going to recall a a vaccine? Once you done put it out there, how you going to recall? Unless the vaccine get recalled, you really ain't entitled to nothing. And there's also a percentage of people who have to literally die from the, from from uh, a particular illness or situation. This is why they're inflating the numbers for COVID-19. A certain number of people are going to have to die from this vaccine for them to stop doing it. For it to be a recall, pretty much. But if you've inflated the numbers on how many people actually have it, height, yeah, mm-hmm. you're also going to deflate the numbers when it comes to how many people have died from it. You can just say they died from COVID, okay? And then, that's something else. Something Think about what happens if people literally start falling dead from taking all these vaccines. This this vaccine is supposed to roll out to the general public in, like, around the summer of 2021. There was an article I came across back in August where uh, Fauci point blank said he thought this was going to carry over into 2021, at least to when there is a vaccine. And if I'm not mistaken, that vaccine for the public is supposed to roll out uh, this summer. So what happens if people really do start falling dead from the vaccine? Are they going to say, well, they're not going to blame it on vaccines. They're probably going to say because they're already telling you there's a new m- mutation. So the mutation has gotten stronger, and that's why people are falling out. Like I said in a previous podcast, when I just looked at the numbers for the state of Louisiana, I'm telling you, if you look at that statistic that they even have on their website and discern what's there and what's not there, what you didn't see was any deaths from COVID that wasn't tied to someone who already had a pre-existing health condition. Now here's where I'm going to say it, and I'm 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 going to stop. Because I've heard this, I heard this from the Most High back in March when I came in the house and closed the door and said, okay, God, okay, source, I need to know what's going on. What is this COVID-19? Is this something that I need to be concerned about? Within two weeks, I got clarification from some of the doctors who are been very vocal about COVID-19 and explaining what it is. Um, and then around August, I heard a guy all the way from the UK repeat back what I'm about to share to you. I mean, repeat it back Verbatim Exactly what God told me Back in March of this year About what COVID is And I'm going to share that with you Which is why I'm also going to say If you have not read What really makes you ill I strongly encourage you to get that book Yes it's 700 pages But you need to get the reading I mean this is is just that serious But this is what the Most High told me Of what COVID-19 is And the doctors are backing up Anybody, let me say this, anybody who is pushing this agenda, I promise you, if you follow the trail, you're going to find money, you're going to find power, you're going to find prestige, especially money, because it's a public health declaration in per- in place for this to even be able to, to, to uh, ride the wave. Okay, so money is being passed. There are billions of dollars being passed in the background while we sitting around whining and crying about whether or not we are gonna get a six hundred or twelve hundred or two thousand dollars stimulus. Remember, simulation, false narrative, false story. So, a, stimula- a simulation is a stimulation, and a stimulation is a stimulus, which is the stimulus package they're offering you. It's all up. this is all a, it's a game. It is a game. I don't, if you ever hear me come back talking about I got COVID-19, I promise you, I got a fat check to tell you that, okay? Somebody gave me some major money to come tell you that. I don't care if I was to die right now and the doctor spit out, she died of COVID. That's a lie. That is a doctor, that is a hospital who is getting extra additional monies from classifying deaths the way they have. I covered that in a previous podcast. But this is what spirit said to me and then I'm going to be out. Spirit told me that COVID-19, and I quote, is a bacteria that is a part of the natural ecosystem of the body. It is not designed to kill you. End quote. I heard that exactly quote from someone in the UK in August of this year. Exact. He said the exact words. And I don't know that man. I have not contacted him. I have not put out publicly until this particular podcast the actual definition of what I heard spiritually of what this is about. So as long as you keep considering this as real, then you are going to continue to follow this simulation just like they want you to. You should be so in tune with your body that there is nothing. A doctor or anybody else is going to be able to walk up to you and say, oh, you sick, oh, you have this, oh, you're going to die in this time frame. Uh-uh. Don't give anybody that much power to, to speak death over you. I wish a doctor would tell am? yeah, you ain't got this. No, I don't accept that. You're not going to even speak that over my environment, over my life. You don't have that kind of power, and you don't have that kind of authority. Until we adopt that type of mentality, the government is going to continue to keep the wool pull over people's eyes. You're going to continue to be a sheeple. You're going to continue to believe what they're telling you. It's time. It's past time. All of this is happening for a reason. There's a uh, article I think I did on my on the com website where I talk about the spiritual meaning and the spiritual um symbolism of what a virus really is. Is entitled COVID-19 and face mask should you wear one part 1. That was back in July, but there's a section of this article where I actually use definitions from uh WebMD and a couple of other sources for what actually is how how they are defining a virus. And it says basically a virus from WebMD. Web MD, a virus is a microscopic organism that invades living cells in order to reproduce. There's some truth and there's a lie in that all at the same time. But I don't have time to deal with that. But it also says antibiotics don't affect a virus. This is from WebMD. I want you to see that again. Antibiotics does, don't affect a virus. They, this is their words. However... From a spiritual perspective, Um, I took a quote straight from the book entitled Numerology for Healing by Michael Brill, where he defines a disease as a manifestation of negative energy in physical form and it is tied in with karmic lessons that foster change. He also defines viruses, spiritually speaking, as quote-unquote agents for change that deal with group sensitivity, personal responsibility, and individual consequences. I hope that something I've said here has sparked your interest enough if you're not someone who is already well down the rabbit hole to see what is really going on in this matrix society that we live in or for those, if this is new to you, I hope something that I've said, if you don't uh, just do your own research, don't take my word for it. I'm, I'm just being a vessel. I'm being a vessel for the Most High, this is how I'm sharing. And no matter how crazy I may look to other people or sound to other people, I stand by what I say. Until next time, this is Divine Preserved Healer. I'm Shakitha. You can visit our website, which is now formally up, thedivinelypreservedhealer.com, to check out previous podcasts, read blog posts, and see what holistic wellness services that we offer. Uh, including holistic wellness coaching, holistic nutritional cap coaching, private yoga, virtual yoga. All of our services are 100% uh, virtual, which means we can have we have a secure platform that we use to be able to help our clients. So I thank you for tuning in, and until next time, bye.